Welcome to newbies.edu.gov. Today we will be talking about the 2020 Yuli Birds of Play with Jesse Ferrar. I ain't tryna. I ain't tryna. Yeah, ain't tryna be cool like you. Wobbling around in your high heel shoes. I'm clumsy. Made friends with the floor. Two for one, you know a bitch by four. And two left feet, you know I always drop. My first thing a girl did was a bop. And the whole damn cake and the cherry on top. Shook up the bottom, made a good girl pop. You ain't even here to party. Ken in the club tryna pipe a Barbie. I don't wanna go, go, go with the flow back then till I touch my toes. I don't wanna go, go, go to go. Wrist full of rocks and I hope I flow. Pick up yourself cause you know they don't. I chew, chew, chew cause they hope I show. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like yours. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like yours. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like yours. I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine Hello, welcome to movies.edu.gov, the government website where I watch every movie that comes out in theaters and some other ones, but every movie of 2020. And today's a big one, folks. We got uh, Birds of Prey, the new Harley Quinn movie. Is it feminist? Is it not feminist? Is it too feminist? Not feminist enough? What What is this? Uh... Well, today we're going to get to the bottom of that, and who better to have than uh, kind of, I guess you would call him the figurehead of white male rage on Twitter, uh, <laughs> a host of Your Kickstarter Sucks uh, from the Golf Kings, Jesse Farrar. Hey, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? It's great. Uh, thank you for coming on. Sure. Glad to glad to do it. I, uh, I appreciate you getting me out of the house and, and making <laughs> me go see a movie. That was uh, That was fun. You haven't seen a movie yet this year? Oh, wow. You know what? I guess I haven't. I think I've tried. I feel like there's been a few aborted attempts uh, of me seeing a movie, but I don't think I've actually gotten my ass in gear to go see one yet until this. You're not missing much, I'll say. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a huge... I mean, honestly, the stuff I wanted to see, I think, came out last year and is just sort of like hanging around farting in the theater uh, waiting for me to go see it. And now I guess it's all gone. Like, I didn't see Star Wars. I told you... Uh, when you were asking me about this, and I was like, "Well, I I haven't seen Star Wars, and I guess that's not that's not like that's a prerequisite for seeing other movies. Like you can see movies before you see Star Wars, but I did uh, I, I didn't manage to see that one. I guess now it's, it's just over. Like it's I'll just have to wait until it comes out on whatever, right? It's Disney. You're gonna have to get Disney Plus for all oh, the TV shows. Cause, now uh, I got kids, so I got Disney Plus. I wasn't able to. I, I didn't win that argument, so we have Disney Plus, so I guess I'll just wait for that. How are you guys liking the Disney Plus? I, I don't, I guess I don't care for it, but I, it also doesn't offend me in any real way, I guess, because like, you know, kids programming, first of all, the kids watch too much TV and, and TV alternative to begin with. That's just yeah. a problem that we have, um, because they are, uh, boring. It's boring to talk to your kids. They... <laughs> <laughs> don't have anything interesting to say and none of their ideas are good uh so it's hard to talk to them for a great length of time yeah so it's better to just yeah sit them on the tablet you know yep. let, them, let them get going on there get some content into them yeah exactly i mean there's there's a couple hours a day where i'm shoving food in them and then spraying them down with water and then i'm like you know what i'm done looking <laughs> at you go watch uh, goofy or whatever so um but disney plus they uh I get, they've got some stuff on there, but they don't. They do. They don't have as much stuff as they should have on there, right? It seems kind of bare bones right now. It really does, and I didn't realize that until me and my girlfriend just tried out the free trial, you know, just to see if there was anything worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not real unless you're like a Marvel fan and you just want to watch the Marvel movies like every day, you know, uh, or like that's so Raven, or like you know. Right, all, all the assortment of Disney Channel original movies from years ago, but which uh, my wife actually does want to watch, so that is that actually is a big deal for her is to, that she can watch. Um, do you join her in that? Are you I, watching any of these? I am sort of a passive participant in my own life, so uh, <laughs> to the extent that I am involved in anything, yes, I'm also involved in that. But it's more like it's just happening in the background as I sort of like pace back and forth nervously in front of the, the screen of my life, you know? Yeah. Luck of the Irish will be on in like as a white noise for you. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. My kids did get into, let's see, they got into uh smart guy. They watched a little bit of smart guy and then that's got tired. 
they got tired of that pretty fast. Is they, Cousin Skeeter on there, or was that Nickelodeon? Uh, cousin, cousin Skeeter, uh, the puppet show. Yes. That was Nickelodeon. Yeah, I liked that show when I was a kid. Yeah, um, they should but, have a Nickelodeon streaming service. Well, I think Viacom is coming out with one, right? Did you have you seen this that Viacom is coming out with a big thing where it's I think it is it's it's going to either merge with CBS All Access or take o- take over CBS All Access and get Picard and all that stuff, but yeah, it'll be Nickelodeon and probably MTV and you can go on there and watch the Carmen Electra show, the dating whatever that crap was. That's a big move. If I can see Carmen Electra and then Cousin Skeeter, that may be my streaming service to like go with. Well, last night, so there's I mean not to sound like a, a dumbass comedian, uh, but there are there are a lot of streaming services these days. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have. I, I went to go add my friend John Hendren uh, was has been talking about. Sorry, you hear me typing in the background because I'm trying to look up the name of this stupid ass channel. Don't worry uh, about it. We're, he, we're we're bare bones here. <laughs> he has been really into the show Supermarket Sweep. Um, and that was a fun show from uh, alternately a million years ago or half a million years ago because they did bring it back. And it is a, it's a stupid show from start to finish. And it's basically like all of the least fun parts of The Price is Right combined with the, the lowest possible production quality. And <laughs> it is very funny to watch. But we had to, I had to get Pluto on my Roku TV to watch. Do you know what Pluto, Pluto. is? Now... now- that sounds like something on Disney Plus. It does sort of sound like and it's it's becoming increasingly difficult to differentiate between platforms or channels or God knows what. <laughs> but Pluto, so unlike other streaming services where you go on and there's just like the little avatar of the show that you're going to watch and you click on it, it's like, hey, we have seven episodes of 400. Just pick from these seven and then that's it. It's actually, it launches like its own guide within the channel. Um, and it, it sort of emulates a live over the air television or, or digital cable service and all the channel numbers suck and are stupid. They're like, they're in the hundreds for no real reason. (laughs) And, uh, on, I think I was watching the, the thing that, uh, supermarket sweep comes on is called like buzzer, but there's also stuff on there that just seems to play like the three stooges 24 hours a day. This super, super weird, but it's all free and you don't even have to log in. So that's my pitch for Pluto. It sucks, but it's free. But when I was on my Roku uh, thing looking for uh, different types of channels to put on there so that I could find Pluto and watch this dumbass show for an hour, I saw one called Friendly TV. Friendly or friendly? Is it spelled in a weird way? It is, of course, spelled in a weird way. Yes, it's F-R-N-D-L-Y TV. Mm. So they... They lied all the vowels except for there's only two vowels in it if you don't count Y. So it doesn't really do the like tech company thing of. Do you count Y as a vowel, Jesse? Let's get down to this. That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, I guess in this case it's not, but sometimes it is. And I don't know when I'm going to tell my kids that, but sometimes <laughs> I have to sit them down and explain that sometimes it is a vowel. Um, but so so I don't know what Viacom TV's thing is going to look like. I don't know what Peacock is going to look like. But I think no matter what they do, they will have beat out Friendly TV. Because here's here's what Friendly TV is as an app, okay? All right. Now, you think Disney Plus is bare bones. This is what Friendly is. <laughs> this is live, family-friendly TV. It includes the Hallmark Channel, GSN, the Weather Channel, Outdoor Channel, and more. $5.99 a month. Um, Ooh. So, well, uh, what's the, the end more? Uh, you say and more. Right. Well, maybe something I like. Generally, they don't hide the good stuff behind and more because and more they follow that up with the Sportsman Channel, the World Fishing Network, Baby First TV, Pixel, Light TV, and QVC. So this is that's kind of a I feel like there is a there's a floor for how good streaming services can be. And I think friendly TV is at that floor. Yeah, because, wow, paying for QVC and just a. That really is a gut punch, isn't it? Oh, man, there's got to be some QVC addicts. You know, you may be listening to this podcast and be one of these like QVC freaks, and like mm-hmm. maybe they're thanking you right now for letting them know they can like pay and like help out the people at QVC. Because I thought always that QVC was one of the channels that cable companies got paid to carry. Because you know the yeah, the same. carriage agreements, right? There, there's different like ESPN 
cost them whatever six dollars and then sometimes these other ones are like 30 cents but then some of them are like please put us on the fucking rolodex we just got to get on there and i think i feel like qvc is one of them now we're paying for qvc everything's topsy-turvy it's it's nuts uh, but so with all these streaming networks are you you think you'll stick with disney plus do you see yourself getting multiple ones i don't think that i have the control uh to uh-huh. <laughs> influence that anymore i mean if i'm going to start uh, this this is part of being this is part of being I, I won't even say head of household this is part of having a family that you have to manage on a day-to-day basis if i'm getting to the point that my life is so good that i'm thinking about which five dollar a month service i'm gonna cut out (laughs) i have like improved my life in boundless ways by that point like i'm not even close to thinking about what five dollar how can i save five dollars a month i just it's not and it's not that i couldn't use the five bucks i'm not trying to play like i don't need five dollars i love having five dollars i'm just saying there's so much shit on my list that i have to get to before i start saying (laughs) Babe, are we really watching eight hours a week of whatever the f- friendly TV? Like, I just can't even, I, I can't dig that far down in the big shit heap to get to that point, you know? Yeah, well, uh, makes me look forward to, uh, you know, starting a household of my own. And having all of your services and just not caring and, and then, <laughs> and just being like, well, money comes in, money comes out, whatever. As long as someone's sitting in front of the TV, I guess we'll just keep this shit going, but... <laughs> You know, we have Netflix, which I guess they watch sometimes. We have Disney Plus. Uh, we had Hulu for a while. I had I had to cut that off. We had the mm. we had my wife even paid for the one that had less ads or no ads on Hulu. I don't know what the fuck. You cut it, it off because of the Hillary thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's say it was a principled stand. Um, <laughs> but then I got uh, I got the antenna and I put it up in the attic. And now now I'm watch now I have live TV. I have like all the the shitty the fifty shitty channels that you get over the air. So that has sort of stemmed the tide a little bit of of how much we're paying for entertainment in the house, you know. Well, you know, and yeah, it is still pretty fun to click through things, to mm-hmm. click through the channels, get that old feeling. It's like a nostalgic feeling now. It really is. Yeah, I was watching like the old Godzilla movies uh, on, you know, channel for channel forty eight movie movie mm, web, yeah. whatever the fuck. You know, I mean, it's sort of similar to the title of the podcast we're on right now i gotta say some of the channels that are hanging out um uh, what the hell <laughs> but <laughs> i need to look into this get my lawyers my team of lawyers <laughs> yeah get the buzzcast guys on that <laughs> well they've already been taken over i mean they're trying to censor my show which i get you know it's been so popular and mm. You know, you don't want to, you know, they're censoring the, the popular shows over at BuzzCast. So it, there may be a change of management soon, but we'll see what's up. Oh, wow. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, Jesse, do you like comic book superhero movies? Because we're talking about one today. Hmm. I think, I mean, you, you gave me the tongue in cheek introduction as the, the, the white male rage guy. So That's what I, heard, I yeah. What I, yeah, what I will say is that I am very conscious of talking about comic book movies just at all because it is it's it, to me it must be a lot like you know the type of haircut that a lady has where people will say oh that's a Karen or whatever you know yes, yes. so like it's the sort of the bob with it's like that's got the part, the part on the one side and it's like it's it's dyed blonde but you can see the roots and it's just that very specific type of, of haircut. Can I talk to your manager? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that that's a very specific type of haircut. Now, I don't think that those the, the the women who act in that way are necessarily the most self-aware people in the world because otherwise the stereotype of why are they always like tattling on retail workers and stuff? Maybe that wouldn't be so prevalent if they had more introspection. Uh, when they are acting that way, but I digress. It's to me, it's 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 as if when I talk about comic comic book movies, I feel like a woman with that haircut must feel when she has a legitimate problem with the service, like at a restaurant or store, because she's got to be thinking, I know how I look right now because yeah. I look like the Karen lady from the memes, but also you. 
gave me beef and I'm vegetarian or whatever the or fuck. Like, the legitimately, there's like a piece of metal in my sandwich. Yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Where it's like I have the privilege because I don't look like a Karen. I can say, man, there's some shit in here that's all fucked up. Can you can you like check this out for me, please? And I won't get a post. Like I won't, yeah. I won't, I won't get doxxed or whatever <laughs> because I because I didn't want to uh, chew on a, a bolt in my meal. But uh, but that's how I feel talking about comic book movies. It's like even if I do have an interest in them, uh, however mild, I think even when I'm saying it, people are like rolling their eyes. You're like, here's a, okay, cool, cool. A white guy with a beard on a podcast is talking yeah. about a fucking comic book movie. Like, is there anything else? Like, they're just slapping their phones. Like, is there? Any, can I do anything else on this phone but listen to the same <laughs> shit? You know. <laughs> so I like them. You know, I like I like bullshit. Yeah, and I, I, and I think I, a lot of like them are bullshit Hellboy too, right? Well, I think Hellboy 2. <laughs> I think Hellboy 2 has some things going for it. Yes. I I think even the the recent Hellboy has some things going for it. Really? I think it has some things. Yeah, I, I do. And and I don't it's not good. I think it's a huge disappointment. I think they sorely missed Del Toro. I think they sorely missed uh, uh, one of my favorite guys whose name I'm now forgetting, the big blockheaded guy who's so good. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, it was great. And I think yeah. David Harbour is a great actor. But the, the direction that they went with that was, maybe if that was the first movie, you would have been like, okay, here's Hellboy on the silver screen at last. It was like they did it so right the first time for a movie. I, I don't know. I, that's not important. That's not what we're here to talk about, even though that no. is a comic book movie. Um, but I like the fucking Marvel movies or whatever. I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that shit. I, I, don't, I don't care anything about the DC movies. Um, which maybe, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to this, the, the Harley Quinn uh, well, after uh, this movie. one, maybe maybe you like the DC ones a little bit more after seeing this one. I d- I don't see it pulling me into the DC universe anymore. Really? I don't. I really don't. I uh, you know with the with the Marvel stuff. Th- this was my this was my overall thesis, and, and we, you know we can get into more detail. Here here was my thesis on this movie, is I think a layman's, you know, not not quite a filmer, but sort of a guy who watches movies might say, you know what, I see what Marvel has done, and they have gotten there way far in advance of DC, right? They've got these, uh, they've elevated their B and C level characters to A level characters. Mm -hmm. They've done that by creating this uh, shared universe that has uh, definitely a story overlap, but also a shared sensibility that is not without its idiosyncrasies. You know, the the different directors have their touches that they can put on the movies, but it is sort of a unified vision. It's very quippy, I think, to its detriment. Yeah. But yeah. that is that is part of the sensibility of the films. Um, they are very accessible. Uh, they are they're family friendly. They are pretty pretty down the middle, and yet you know so visually arresting in a lot of ways that. They're they're successful, right? They've done just enough of the right stories, taken just enough stuff from the comics, uh, messed around with it in just the right way to make it interesting for moviegoers in that different format, and it's worked. Now, if I was gonna, if DC asked me, what should we do? We're already fucking fifteen years late to the party on this shit, and even though all of our characters are more recognizable than all the ones that are making a billion dollars for Marvel, somehow we're behind the eight ball. I would have said, don't try to do what they're doing. Don't yeah. try to go big. Don't try to do an expanded universe. Don't try to do something where all these movies have a shared sensibility about them. Go small. Be willing to tell these individual stories in movies. Don't worry about if it connects from one movie to the other. They're zigging. You need to zag. And they zagged on this, and it sucked shit. And so maybe they do need to do the big thing. Maybe they just need to start oh, but, over. But did you like Joker? Or did, did you see Joker? So I've not seen Joker. Gotcha. I didn't but, like it that much, but I do like it made me feel like, okay, that's kind of cool that they're going in that direction of just the one shot movie. Yes. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else you don't need to have, even though they do mention Batman too much in it. I would have liked it if they just didn't talk about Batman in that. I th- I think, I mean, not having seen it, that's my inclination as well, is just say, look, this is just a guy. And yeah, it's Joker, but it's just a guy. Um, we're not worried about somebody else was Joker in a different... We're not trying to explain 
that this guy looks like he's a different Joker. Like this is a different world. This is Earth number two thirty eight or whatever. Like don't get into all that shit well, and just and, just make a movie. And in this one, it's super weird because it's tied to Suicide Squad still. So it still seems to be going on that timeline where Jared Leto is still the Joker. Right. So, but he's probably not coming back. So. I don't like I don't know where it's it's weird where it's still kind of splintered from another movie. So it's like, oh, there's five different universes in this and they're all trying to explain it the entire time. Yeah, it's it's a half measure, I think, is really what the problem with it is, because if uh, you know, for for whatever you think of the Marvel films, there's no denying that the phenomenon of I have to see this. It's the next one in the story drove people to theaters and drove interest in the movies in the same way that the comics of the 80s were doing at bookstores and stuff, right? People were going to these physical locations to buy comics because they wanted to see the next one in the series. They wanted to be caught up. Yeah. That's a legitimate phenomenon. And now I feel like, not that you necessarily have to emulate that, but you do have to make people actually want to see the movie. You can't just turn out a movie with a character in it and say, you know, see it or don't see it. And that's sort of what I think is happening with this because now I feel like none of these movies matter in any way. There's no, there's not building to anything. That's fine. But they also don't seem unique enough with the exception of Joker, which obviously is very well regarded, won a lot of awards the other night. I don't like Wonder Woman is coming out. Wonder Woman, I to me, is the most successful of the DC movies. Would you agree with that? I like Shazam more personally. Oh, okay. Shazam I, like, was fun. I was surprised by Shazam because I think he's such a dumb, stupid character. My expectations were so low, you know? Right. Um, but they did it right. They made it corny and goofy, and it was like more of a family movie. So yes. I think it, you know, it hit all like the themes a family movie is supposed to have, and it wasn't too bad, you know? That's fair. I, th- I think that's fair. I, I think I, Wonder Woman to me was, was very, was very good. Maybe a little bit more actiony than. Maybe a little bit more real than maybe family friendly, but my kids do like Wonder Woman, um, and you know the new one's coming out. I think it has a cool vibe to it. It's got the, you know, the really glitz glam sort of thing. But now we've got the we've got the love interest back. Chris Pine is back in this movie. He was dead in the other like. Can, can uh, yeah, s- I I don't understand that. I have to. I I'm thinking that's the vi- a villain's ruse or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe Fake there's Chris a legitimate. Pine. If there is a legitimate story reason for it, then by all means. But it, that just contributes to me to saying none of these movies matter. Just show up and see it. Don't see it. You don't have to know any of this stuff going into the next movie. And in some ways, coming from Marvel, where you needed to see 19 movies to see the next fucking thing and enjoy it for all <laughs> that it was worth, in other ways, it's a huge disappointment because I don't think the movies are strong enough to stand on their own because they're not all... Whether Joker is good or not, I don't know. But they're not visionary movies like Todd Phillips' Joker. They're just like another... They're just churning out another thing that has somebody in it, whatever. Yeah, and they're doing the same thing where uh, they're scooping up younger uh directors you know like uh this director has only had like one feature before yeah um, seemed interesting but it was about like a river of dead pigs or something like that and okay didn't J- catch that Japan one Japan or china i forgot but um so it, it's weird where it's like now i think dc would be better if it instead of getting first-time directors to give them exposure and have studio control they should go with the visionary approach and have like a director known for their style doing their things and kind of be the like creative outlet for like the Edgar Wrights and uh, uh, all the people who have been like fired off of the Marvel movies. Yeah, exactly. But, and I guess that's what they did or were trying to do initially with Zack Snyder, right? Someone who does have this very tangible, very obvious style and it just didn't work. So they, yeah. they not only abandoned ship, they abandoned that premise. They seem to have abandoned all premises. Like they just are now, I mean, I'm not a movie executive, but it does seem to me like there is not an actual vision for how to proceed with their characters, which should be like a very valuable and interesting asset. And I just, it's just not like, does anyone care what's happening with, uh, with the new Batman and Robert Pattinson? I don't care about that. That There's no interest to me at all. And Batman has a lot of problems as a character, but it's at least interesting to look at sometimes. And now it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Jesse, you mentioned that, uh, you're, kids liked wonder woman uh, yes would you show your children this movie i wouldn't do that 
Um, I don't know that, and I actually, I guess this is part of being old, is that I don't actually know what the rating was. Is it? Is it an R-rated movie? I'm pretty sure it was an R, which probably contributed to the uh, uh, the lack of uh, box office or like the disappointing box office in comparison to other DC movies. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I think they're aiming for like teenage girls like Harley Quinn the most, I think. And I think making it rated R... Um, you're appealing to a demographic, almost like older women who I've talked to are just like, I don't care about comic book movies. Like, uh, like they're just like that. Those are not the movies I see for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, there are the older Harley Quinn fans, but I don't know. I feel like they really missed out on that key demographic. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's for anyone in particular. It does not seem like it is for and a definitive audience i i think it seems like if anything it's for people who are going to hate it it is for the guys who are in charge of or think they are in charge of all of the decisions that these movies make because they're super invested in comic book movies and pop culture and stuff and they're going to hate this movie and i guess did before it came out anyways oh yeah and speaking of those types of guys uh i have to ask jesse were the women attractive in this movie did Mm. you find them attractive oh wow that's something i would love to talk about at great length um (laughs) (laughs) of course the woman look the women look great rosie perez looks awesome i mean it's just fantastic uh you know if you want to criticize the movie and there's plenty of it to criticize I mean, that's a stupid thing to say to begin with, but also it doesn't make any sense. The women are fantastic looking. Um, and I think if anything, you don't see enough of them, not physically skin wise. Although they, they, do <laughs> show, they do show a lot of skin, I will say. It was very titillated. It was like a Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, um, God. But they don't. One of my things with this movie is it's like you, you go into this thinking, I did. I thought this was going to be a movie where it was like this ensemble of kick ass women like tearing up the city and going hog wild. And the truth is they don't fucking get together until like 85% through the movie. Yeah. That last part should have been the majority of the movie. Uh, Instead, they kind of try to do a weird uh, Tarantino style breaking up of the timeline, uh, which really uh, makes things. uh, Maybe I'm just dumb, but it made things like confusing for me because it just didn't mesh well enough. Well, it does. It takes to me. It took away from the impact of those scenes where, you know, a, a more competent version of, for instance, let's say, the scene. Um, uh, maybe maybe the coolest scene visually that they have is when Harley Quinn uh, goes into the police station and she's got her custom. Oh, love that! Like, I love gren- like the costumes and design of this were great. I think absolutely. Yeah, that was very fun and. And she's got the uh, the the weapon, which is, I guess she does have a mallet. She does use a bat at one point. But this was the one that stuck out for me. She's in the police station. Uh, they're going from uh, full speed action to slow motion as she's destroying cops and not killing them, yeah. um, but uh, shooting them with these like canisters that sometimes have like exploding like glitter. Yeah, like confetti bombs. And, yeah, like uh, a clown type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. But here's the fucking problem with it is you see it out of order and then you see it again. So they show you the same thing twice where it's completely lost the momentum and you don't know what's going on the first time you see it. So it would have been a lot nicer if for me, if it built to that point, whereas as you see it in the movie, it just comes out of nowhere. Then you find out the context for it. Then you see it again. Then it continues from there. And I, I mean, that's a tool that can work in some movies. But in this one, I just it, it just muddled the action. Like that should have been a really strong point. That should you should have been cheering for that if you cared about the character at all. And instead, it just it's completely muted the action because of the way that they shot it and edited it. Very yeah, weird. It, it really breaks up the pacing, and even mm-hmm. the pacing in like individual scenes in this is uh like there's so many times something happens super fast where I'm like I you could have dwelled on that longer. Made it. I mean, they tried to do when she does pick up her iconic baseball bat. They kind of show it's supposed to be like the Pulp Fiction scene where uh, Bruce Willis is looking at all the weapons and then he ends up picking the katana like he's yeah. like chainsaw no this no and uh, but instead you just see her look down on a table full of like a chainsaw and other things but it shows that for like two seconds maybe and then she picks up the bat and it's like you could have built that up to be like funny of her like just going through all these an assortment of weird weapons 
and then she finally picks the thing we know her for or whatever. Yeah, maybe uh, some weapons from the universe. Like, could you have seen something that Joker would have had in there? Maybe, could You know, it would have been funny, a Green Lantern ring, and she's like, ah, that doesn't look useful or yeah, something. That'd if be you're going to make the movie fucking funny, do it with some of that stuff. Instead, what we get, and, I'll, and I wanted to mention before we get too far away, it is, it is an R-rated movie, and the reason it's R-rated is because they say fuck sometimes. Like, yes. it's... It's not like it's not expecting more fucks. I was expecting like uncut gems. Fuck. This is a very soft R and, and I don't think it, I don't, it doesn't seem like it earned it with any, like in any kind of fun way, you know, but the, uh, I mean, I am making sure that it's rated R now. Cause I just said that it was, and I don't want to look like a fucking dumbass. Um, but I don't know how to search for things anymore. Cause I'm too stupid. Uh, birds of prey, which has now been renamed. You saw that, right? I just saw that today. Yeah, like right before we recorded this. Um, yeah. So what is it? What is it officially called now? I think maybe just Harley Quinn. Uh, I thought I saw it was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, or colon Birds of Prey, or a Birds of Prey story, or something like that. I don't know what it was. But uh, anyways, instead of doing the a good visual joke like that, well, I think is a good visual joke. You see something from the. It's funny. Um, instead they have stuff where, so she, a lot of times she's going to be breaking the fourth wall, looking directly at camera and saying stuff like this slimy jizz nozzle. I wrote that down. That was something they actually <laughs> said in the movie, a slimy jizz nozzle. Yeah. She, uh, has the snark language. I guess, I guess David Dumpster Simon fire. did punch up on this. So I guess that's why it's, it's so, it's so smooth. <laughs> so good. But that's, that's just, that's just, I don't, I don't get who that's for. I don't understand who's enjoying that. So it is rated R. I'm looking up the new title. Yeah. Is. Da, da, da. Yeah, Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Wow. Because uh, yeah, maybe people just were like, oh, I had no, I had no idea Harley Quinn was in this or something. Who knows? Uh, well, I mean, it does. Uh, to be fair, it does represent, I think, more accurately who's actually in the movie because it's her. Like we said, for the vast majority, it's just her. And narrated by her. It's it's her story, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. I, I I don't know that it makes any difference in terms of if people are going to like it more or if it's going to make any more money, but I guess it's more honest. Mm, I also wanted to say, like, in regards to what we were talking about earlier with the pacing, do you remember, like, the Marilyn Monroe scene? The Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was sort of a weird... Uh... It's, the editing is so weird, and I, would, I don't know. It, I was like, oh, this is, like, kind of neat, and then it gets, like too fast and like breaks out of it it's like it's not satisfying it um I, I guess if if the point is to say if the point is to immerse you in the harley quinn state of mind where you're not sure what's real and what's not um then maybe like a music video in the middle of the movie that's not addressed in any material way makes a certain amount of sense but I don't think they lean into that far enough uh, because if the point is is that she's crazy, that she's lost it, not just to get where she is now as a character, but also because of the breakup between her and Mr. J, and mm -hmm. uh, now she's 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 had this break and she's going to change the way that she's living her life in this world and she's taking ownership of whatever. They alternate between portraying her as someone who's, I mean, Joker-like, right? Like. Uh, crazy like a fox. Crazy, um, uh, kind of uh, bashing society, like in minor way, when she steals all the groceries and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then they go back to like, oh, she's just like, uh, she's perfectly coherent. Like she can narrate the movie in a way that we can rely on. Why not make it where you can't tell what's actually real and what's not real? Why can't, why don't you make it where it does feel more like a fever dream? Something she's, you don't have to ruin it at the end by she wakes up or whatever. It doesn't have to be corny like Dallas or something, but you can make it where you are more brought into her actual mindset because as it is, she's just like a, a pretty lady who like steals stuff sometimes. I don't think she goes crazy enough in the movie to justify what they want her to be doing. And what you're describing is more similar to like I Tanya with Margot Robbie, where it's like you're getting uh, Tanya Harding's narration and she's like unreliable. In yeah. It and uh, that does it a lot better. Yeah. And I, I think part of that is because there is there is this it's not just the group of badass women. There's also sort of a. I don't, I don't know enough about screenwriting to say what the thing is where you I I. I the only thing I know is save the cat, right? Where you show that the character is actually nice because they... In this one, it's save the hyena. 
Right. Yeah. There's there's the hyena. There's also the little kid who she takes care of. Um, so you have to sort of say, okay, she's not. She's handing the kid a, 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 a lit stick of dynamite to throw out the window or whatever. But also, she's like worried about the kid. Like she gives the kid food. She's obviously not crazy, or she's not crazy enough to be interesting in a crazy way. I don't think she seems to be. Uh, she seems to have a horseshoe up her ass. She seems very lucky, but I don't. That, that's not like a. That's not like a quality of a crazy person, right? With Joker, it's like my my understanding of the Joker stuff. And I now I'll be upfront. I didn't see Suicide Squad, and I did not see, of course, the Joker we were just talking about. But the character of the Joker seems to be someone who. It looks like everything is completely chaotic when the reality is, is the guy is so smart and so cunning that he sets up these things to play out in a chaotic way that benefits him, right? And that's sort of the the crux of the character. Whereas for Harley Quinn, it's like she's just running around doing whatever and everything's fine. I don't know. I don't know how interesting that is. Yeah, she's definitely more of like, yeah, the kind of agent of chaos that and like you said, just extremely she even comments that she's like, I'm just lucky, like all the time. Yeah, and she says that right into the camera, which I'm like, yeah, I know I'm watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One note, uh, Harley Quinn voted for Bernie. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. No, I didn't see that. Because, you know, uh, everyone's trying to kill her now that she broke up with uh, the Joker in mm-hmm. this. And so she has random enemies constantly coming uh, throughout the movie for her. Yeah. Um, and I think when it shows you and McGregor and it, whenever there's an enemy, it has their name and the grievance that they have uh, with her. And, you know, sometimes they do fun stuff like just show an emoji or something. Oh, yeah. They do a little they do a little pause and they have like some doodling on the screen Mm -hmm. um, to kind of explain in a direct way without without bogging down the movie with too much characterization. They just write it on the screen for you in a cute way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is similar to Suicide Squad, I guess. But um, for, for the Ewan McGregor one in his he had like a long list of grievances and one of them says voted for Bernie. And I don't know if they're trying to say that the villain is a Bernie bro or if he doesn't like her because she voted for Bernie. Oh, that's interesting. It just I just says voted for Bernie. I didn't I did not see that on there. Yeah. So okay, so what is the context of the other ones? Are they written in the first person? Like how how are they written? Do you remember any of the other ones? There's yeah, the, the guy. The with other the f- ones uh um are like what Harley Quinn did. To them, so it would. Okay. So I think in if you're comparing it, it would be that Harley voted for Bernie. If it's a one to one, they're saying he didn't like that she voted for Bernie. Although, yeah, but what then they just make it. They make it so unclear enough that if you if you like or don't like Bernie, then you'll just see it the way you want to see it. I guess. I guess that's probably the astute way of of looking at it. Yeah, and, and as far as like what Ewan McGregor's character would care one way or the other about that. I guess that's anyone's guess, but I mean, honestly, anything about his character is, is a total guess. Well, I don't remember his name. I don't know what the point of him was. Well, he's, he's a like famous, like minor villain in the DC universe, I guess called black, the black hand, which is mm-hmm. why he constantly has to keeps it being like, I, I got to hand it to you. And he keeps talking about hands and shit. Like, wow. Uh, uh, he did. I mean, he was so over the top. He got a lot of laughs from the audience. Uh, I think uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress well, got got a lot of laughs because she's very serious in it. Um, yeah, she now her her joke was uh, she did not want to be called the Crossbow Killer. She was very intent on being called Huntress. Mm-hmm, but everyone ends up calling her Crossbow, and she can never. She practices the line in the mirror of her telling her name to someone, and like everyone always cuts her off. To me, that was a big action. That was a ball stopper to have her come in and explain what her name was every time. I, I that wasn't that didn't work for me. I don't know. Yeah, the, the audience I was with, they were they were eating it up. They loved it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. There's a uh. What what else was I getting at? Uh, Rosie Perez. I I was gonna ask you this because she's wearing a shirt that says "I shaved my balls for this." Yeah. And. Was there a scene where she had to like get rid of her because it was cutting from like past to present? It was like I did, I wasn't sure if I missed a scene where like her clothes got ruined and she yes. had to like go to a thrift store and wear that. So this is this was an interesting cut. They go from uh, so if you remember, Harley Quinn is getting away at some point. 
Uh, she throws. Let's see. What did, uh, does she throw? Some trash at a car. No, she throws some trash at someone else. Then the guy shoots, trying to shoot her, and then instead shoots a car. The car crashes and drives up onto the sidewalk, and, and she runs over a guy in a wheelchair who was trying to get her. That's right, and she jumps on the fire escape and then looks to camera and says something cute. Uh, during that scene, Rosie Perez gets trash thrown on her. Then she goes there to the go. police station where the pickpocket says, "You smell like shit." Um, someone else says that she smells like shit. Then she asks the captain, hey, can I uh, get some clothes out of the lost and found or whatever? And for some reason, it's there a very funny graphic tee, which I don't mind as a, as a visual gag to have Rosie Perez wearing the I shave my balls for this shirt. That's I, fun. Th that's fun. I You can do that. Again, it's like Pulp Fiction. It's like a joke from Pulp Fiction. So right. I don't know. They're, they were really trying to go for like, this is a Tarantino-esque movie, like by chopping up the timeline and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Jesse, um, Harley Quinn, in that chase scene, she just wants to eat this sandwich. I don't know if you heard of this sandwich. It's been getting big in like city areas. It's a bacon, egg, and cheese. And uh, you can like put it on any type of bread you like. Uh, most people go with a roll or something. AOC was just eating a bacon and cheese in her interview with Jesus and Mero. Uh, do you think this year the new food trend is going to be the bacon, egg, and cheese? This is so weird for me. I have such a hard time relating to people in cities. Um, I respect it. I don't think I could. I all the credit to people living in a big city such as yourself. I, I, you know, I couldn't do it. I, I would be eaten alive. But it is very funny to me. It is very funny to coalesce around the sandwich and to say that uh, my. I'm going to use some language I'm not familiar with, but I, I think that the argument is that my bodega actually makes the best bacon egg cheese sandwich yes, yes. uh and, and because it's extra dirty in there oh yeah the joke used in this movie it's a little hole in the wall and the guy in there knows just how i like it and he's from another country or, or whatever we that's like we speak the same language of bacon egg and cheese but we don't <laughs> say a word to each other <laughs> that is that is very very peculiar to me but it did i mean it looked great in the movie they shot the sandwich very very well i i was yeah, I, yeah. I was drooling over it you know um I don't need a I don't need a breakfast sandwich to begin with. I guess if I ate one, it would be that. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't have the kind of lifestyle where I can roll out of bed and go eat like a a big buttery sandwich and then feel good about the rest of my day. I don't know. After a crazy night of partying at the club, I guess that's what it is, right? Is it goes hand in hand with well, last night was kind of a wash. So hangover food, you know, like she yeah. gets too drunk, she throws up in someone's purse, uh, destroys the chemical plant with the truck. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next morning, she's just hung over. I need that bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, she needs the bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> God, such so this. Uh, this was. This was so. This was so disappointing to me. It was. I was super excited. I mean, it like watching the trailers. I was like, at least the like set design and costumes and everything look neat. And like mm -hmm. all the makeup and everything, it looks really like cool and it's like like a Harley Quinn movie should be. But uh, I, so I was like, this only has to be like decent story wise for me to be like, OK, this is cool. You went all out with like how it looks, you know, and it just failed in that respect. I guess I was just like, I enjoy looking at this and it's neat, but it's not being uh, used in a way that I enjoy watching. Well, how about the final, uh, the big battle at the end? What about that? At the fun house, yeah. I, yeah. I like that. I thought that would be like a majority of the movie. And uh, and it, it wasn't. I mean, they, you know, they have the, what they said to like Barracuda or something. Uh-huh. They had a lot of female singers. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty fun. A little like dumb that all these bad guys have guns outside, but when they go in to get them, they come with like... Uh, a, a stick or something like none uh -huh. of them had a gun inside. Yep, that's a problem. Yeah, so uh, the the uh, black canary doesn't can sing and blow people back with her voice and only uses that once in the movie. Yeah, has she has a uh, her her actual so her actual character is that she is a good singer. She has a nice voice and also knows karate. I guess which that's fine. I don't have any problem accepting that. Yeah, she kicks a lot. She can kick, yeah, you know, kick away. 
Then at the end, when they're 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 locked down in this fun house after they've defeated all of the jobbers, uh, it's time to run outside. And then they realize, oh yeah, there's a whole army out here with machine guns, yeah. and we have Rosie Perez, and we can't really do anything about it. So uh, so she so she does sort of the well, what's the X Men with this power? Banshee. Banshee, yeah. So she does the banshee thing and screams and and not and people go flying through the air or whatever. And I don't know. At that point, I was like so divested. I was just like, well. I guess that I guess that's fine. But and there was no thing of her being like, I'm scared to do this because I killed someone maybe with nothing. This. Yeah, it's just like she just doesn't use it until she needs to. Yeah, and, and Harley Quinn just plugs her ears up and then she gets pushed along on her roller skates. Yes, so, I mean, that what a- was so f- <laughs> that's when I was like, OK, like when she like goes on the sound waves, she uses that as a boost on her uh like moped or scooter or whatever she's riding. But it, but honestly, it was a nice reprieve from the preceding battle, which was, I mean, so so dull that, and, and this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, which was, what is Marvel? Well, Marvel is a CGI monster versus CGI monster. Mm-hmm. Um, they're throwing each other around. Every battle is planetary. Every threat is completely existential. Uh, you know, it, there's got to be room in here. I would have said for a story. That is a local level. Um, that is something that is not the fate of the entire universe, depending on, you know, a nuclear weapon or a planet-eating god or whatever. Surely there's something that is a little more tangible for a grounded story. And I, I guess to a certain extent that works in the Spider-Man movies that they've continued to do over there. What it doesn't do is work in this movie, which is just people kicking each other. Like, that is so... I don't know what it is. That is so boring to me to watch like a very obviously choreographed fight and that's and that's what this is is uh is harley quinn is like sliding around on the wet floor in the prison and she's doing like leg sweeps and stuff and i'm like man you know it's like a mortal Kombat game it does it does yeah the the choreography and the uh, fight choreography is a difficult thing to do when it's done well you don't notice it when it's done very poorly it looks like this, um, and I, I don't know if it's the way that they shot it, if it's, I mean, I, maybe there's something inherent about it, just about the fact that, that Margot Robbie is so small and is like, is like flipping these massive grunts over, like with, bar- with barely any effort, and you kind of know like, well, she doesn't have superpowers, she was like a psychiatrist a few years ago, so maybe there's part of that that plays into like, where is this coming from? I don't know if I necessarily believe this is what's happening. Yeah, Chemicals just- give her super strength. I guess. Is that part of it? Maybe. I, I, I thought it just made her look like weird. It. it seems like that's the only way you could be, because it is but weird. But she's not, like, she's not stronger than any of the other ones, though. Oh, for sure not. So they seem like normal strong. And with her diet of just like going out drinking and then getting like, well, yeah. like an egg and cheese in the morning, whereas like you're up against other people who know martial arts. Like. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't care if, if not everyone is a Hulk pounding each other and like destroying a spaceship. I'm not, it's not, it doesn't have to be like that. Like I said, I think Spider-Man pulls it off very well. It's like, ah, oh, this guy's got web in his face. He can't see what he's doing or whatever. Like it, it can be a, a low stakes thing and still be entertaining. It's just I I don't know if the thing to me is like it, it's like a guy in a like a leather biker's jacket standing there and then someone goes hey can I have a little help over here and then someone else like hits him in the nuts with a mallet and he's like oh I don't know I just, I can't believe we're still doing this type of shit like this seems so this would be corny in like a Jackie Chan movie like 25 years ago you would say like man that is really kind of like a slot this is not his best effort at yeah. this point. And that's what it is right now. It's just it's and they're like bouncing off of trampolines or whatever, and that's cute. But there's just ultimately not a lot of oomph behind the, the conflict. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> that's a, like, no. It was very closed off, and I would have liked to see it more like a weird maze of. A it fun looked more house. fun in the music video. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like the music, Jesse? You're a big fan of Make the Stallion and Doja Cat. Oh man, I thought the the music is great. the The music video uh, is is fun. And it is, I think, in some ways more interesting to look at uh, than than what they shot with this. Because to me, and maybe it maybe it really wasn't like this, but in my memory of it, it's just like a very dark scene because they're all like inside. It's not all lit up in a weird, funny way like the circus is really going. It's like dilapidated, right? It's like yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's abandoned or whatever. And this is her former hideout. Was this in Suicide Squad? The hideout she's in right now because she they goes to open up the case with guns, and it's not. It's not. She's like, "Where's all my guns?" And I guess like Joker yeah, took them. Never mention this. You just got to assume that this is. Uh, this is just a the place, place they hung her out. And Joker lived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. I don't know. It it didn't seem to it didn't seem to do anything. Uh, it would be nice if they had a thing where it's like once the bad guys are coming in, they turn a switch and everything gets turned on and lights. Doesn't up that and... seem like the move? Yeah, and like dun, 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 dun. yeah. I mean, we right. would have seen it coming, but at least it would have been something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as it is, they're just they they might as well honestly it might as well be any warehouse in the Batman universe. It might as well be down by the docks and the Carmine family is there and they're getting a a load of radios in and we got to go pound the guy on the head until he goes oh my noggin hey boss like it just it felt really generic and um with with this I mean the whole thing was very the whole thing was very generic uh the the. The big, the climactic scene uh, where you and McGregor is pinned down on the bridge, and she's like, you know, there's a, there's been a chase. She oh, finally, man. oh god, yeah. Do you, you remember? You remember and his, the way he dies? The is such a the the pulling the ring from a grenade death is right. uh, and being like, ha ha ha, I have the the thing, and now yeah. you will blow up. I, I Looking for this? That is like <laughs> such a generic trope. It's a pretty bad uh, trope. His his final one of his final lines is he's like he's uh, it's after Harley Quinn has taken the one shot that she had left in the gun from Rosie Perez, and she misses, and he's like, "You think you can beat me? You're a moron." And I was like, "Is that is that it? <laughs> like that's it? And it's not even like a thing where it's like it's because you're a weak girl or something to yeah, like maybe something. put a theme of that. But he's like, you're a stupid idiot. Dummy. Like, <laughs> and you stink. It's such a weird, that's like the fucking, that's like the peak of the movie is he's like taunting yeah. <laughs> her. And he's like, you think you can beat me? Beat me. Is that what we're, ta we're talking about? Beating you? Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Are you in a video game? Why are you talking like that? You know, very, very uh, strange. And then of course the ending we can all feel good about, uh, Huntress gets her family fortune back. Yay! Yay! And uh, uh, um, uh, kind of drive off into the sunset. They go get tacos. Uh, obviously, you have to like finish the uh, like climactic uh, death of the villain scene by Harley Quinn being like tacos. Yeah, you gotta have some tacos. I mean. Is it, now has that become a trope in its own right? Because of course the shawarma thing from Avengers, I remember. But it does seem like we are not willing to end a movie like this without a funny food being involved. Yeah, I think that's just the that I mean tacos. Ever since the days of random humor, those have been prime prime material. It. Always tacos for some reason. She she should have pulled out a slice of cheese from her little boy shorts and said, "Anybody want some cheese?" Like Urkel. <laughs> I could have been so funny if they had done that, but it's like, yeah. So they get the they get the. Do they eat? Do they even eat the tacos? I don't remember. Do they eat the tacos? No, they leave. I mean, they they have the margaritas. Oh right, they have margaritas. Yeah, then the car. Somebody takes off in the car, or whatever. And kid has to take a shit because a kid swallowed a diamond and is trying to shit it out the whole time. Wow, I even forgot about that part. And the, um, <laughs> the main like this thread of the movie of the missing diamond. The MacGuffin of the diamond. Yeah. 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 Uh, um. Then so yeah so the margaritas do make a return because she she threw them away in like act one after being her roller derby friends were making fun of her for being too codependent with her brother. right right so she finally gets the margaritas then she also finally gets the sandwich because she's riding off Thelma and Louise style with the the foster child and uh, the hyena who came back because uh, they for just, whatever reason they killed the hyena earlier but. Probably because they just didn't have enough money to uh, animate it for like that, like hour in between it dying and it coming back. Yeah, it very, very clearly would have been dead. I mean, I, I maybe it's not important to litigate whether a CGI hyena was uh, actually <laughs> killed in an explosion in like a comic book movie, but it definitely was killed in the explosion. I mean, that that was obviously a dead hyena. Yeah, it didn't but die you... in the explosion. It's buried under rubble. Yeah. Uh, right. Of course. So 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 we're meant to believe she went behind the couch and did not see the hyena. Yeah, you because... don't even see the hyena like dying. Uh, yeah, it's insane that like she, you just see her kind of crouching over and being like, "Oh, he's he's dead." And it's supposed to be like a like a sentimental dog dying moment in a movie. 
I thought the point was that the mangled corpse was behind the couch. That's why we didn't see what she saw. I would have loved to see them. You got an R rating already? Show us the hyena corpse. I mean, you do see him gnawing on someone's leg. Like a detached leg. He, he you like, do, yeah, yeah. And then he bites that one guy in the balls when uh, he tries to... Uh, yeah, there's uh, a few nut shots in this. When he tries to uh, take advantage of Harley Quinn and get sex as payment for the hyena. Uh, yeah. Well, no, that's him. He gets No, that's the guy who gets his leg eaten. And then later, his brother gets killed. Yes. So he so he gets the nut shot. Then you see his leg getting gnawed later. So he's been completely consumed by the hyena. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, the brother gets, I think, shot or run over or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 the main thing of Huntress. So Huntress was the daughter of this, uh, this billionaire. I mean, you assume crime family, the way they're yeah, describing yeah. it seems to be like a mafia hit that takes her family they out. Italian. Yes. Um, no, I didn't say that. I actually, actually, I did not pick up on that. That's interesting that you say that. I, I, I didn't know that they were Italian. Um, but, uh, she, uh, she goes, she goes off and trains with these, uh, killers in, uh, Italy, I guess it was, she goes off and trains with them. I don't know. It's if gotta they, be. I don't know if they said they're wearing uh, track suits during her like, during her assassin training. Let's just say somewhere in the Mediterranean, perhaps. And uh, she comes back and she has this. Um, she has this bloodlust to get revenge for her family or whatever. So there's hundreds of billions of dollars. That's uh, the code for which is inscribed on this diamond that gets eaten by a little kid or whatever. Anyways, that's what spurs the action of the film. And then, like I said, the 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 coda at the end is that oh, I guess she she located the diamond out of the kid's poop and got all of her money back, and now she's funding the Birds of Prey, this vigilante organization uh, that goes around and like chopping people up or whatever. Yeah, who are but, now separate from Harley Quinn? So now are the Birds of Prey going to get their own movie? Is that just going to be more confusing because people will think Harley Quinn's going to be in that one? That I I I, I guess that's the idea. I don't. I cannot imagine them rolling this back with, let's see, the crossbow person, the police officer who's not a police officer anymore, the um, uh, the singer lady who maybe has superpowers, maybe doesn't have superpowers. At least knows martial arts. At least knows martial arts, and it's just those three because the kid and Harley Quinn were the other two, right? There's not. There's. Is there another one? No, no. That uh, that's it. Yeah, and then the kid and Harley Quinn get away right into the sunset. Harley Quinn winks at the camera. Yeah. I don't know. What would you give this? Uh letterbox ranking one one through five stars. What are you giving this one, Jay? So so is so yeah, tell me. Letterbox is not letter grades, even though to me the name suggests that. I understand. It should be called number boxed, yeah. Seems like it should be called number boxed, right? Yeah, exactly. Star boxed. Something. But no, it's one to five stars. Yeah. Oh boy. I think it is, uh, you know, it's there's. It's not like there's nothing here. It's not like it's a complete zero. It's nice I, to look at at least, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got some stuff going on. I, I don't know. I think that ultimately, it it missed the mark of what it was trying to do. I think it was pretty confused. I think a PG thirteen version of this movie is maybe more successful. Definitely, I think. Yeah. I think maybe a movie that has a little bit better of an idea of who you're supposed to be uh, rooting for, um, or or scared of, or you know what universe it takes place in. I think it would be helpful. Um, I mean, even you and I like fixed a couple scenes <laughs> earlier. Like, it, yeah, there's some stuff where it's like, wow, they could have done that, and I, yeah, that would have been more enjoyable and made me like this character more. I think so. I, I I think again. I I think that I think people like us were not going to like it to begin with, which is why I think make this a movie that is for the people who are actually going to appreciate the movie. People who are not expecting, whether they know they're expecting it or not, a more either a more comic book like storyline where mm -hmm. there's like a clear, you know, a clear villain and a clear build up and a clear conflict and a clear place in the universe. Or you, you make it a smaller story um, that you can like really get excited about this character. I, I couldn't get all that excited about the character. I think that she's funny. Um, and I think Margot Robbie does a nice job doing what they're asking her to do. But I don't, I don't know that it was all that compelling that she's... I, I guess maybe just the modern formulation of the Jokers in this world, in this Suicide Squad world, or maybe just not interesting to me. I think 
the 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 super the super villain version of Joker from the Nolan movies. I I do like. I you know I, I unapologetically like the Nolan Batman movies. I I think that's a cool uh, yeah. way to look at it. It's it's dark. It's maybe a little self serious, but uh, but I think it works. And I think obviously the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker worked very well. So, um, but this version of it where it's like half camp, half ultra violent, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to, again, like, that just feels like emulating, like, a Tarantino thing. Like, it really feels like studio heads were, like, make it mm-hmm. more like a Tarantino movie. The whole It's hard to time. imagine them actually saying that, but you are right that that does seem to be the the eventual result for whatever reason. I, um, I'm wondering if they, like, have a version where they didn't cut up the timelines. Maybe that would even be better. Oh, are we going to get a thing going now where it's a release the whatever cut and the whoever... The Ann cut? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a scene in this movie where um, Harley Quinn goes from like normal, like either boots or shoes to roller skates. Yes. And uh, one of the other characters, I think it's Black Canary, looks around and says, when the fuck did she have time for a shoe change? And to me, that is like very emblematic of this movie where you're like, when when did this happen? Why is this happening? And why am I the only one who noticed that this is happening? Like, I think her vision in that moment is like the that's what the audience is feeling when they watch it, Birds of Prey. It kind of makes you a little bit mad when even the characters in the movie are like right. addressing that, and then you're like, yeah, I've been asking the same thing for the last hour. Like, yeah, while, while you're talking about that, I've got a few I've got a few more things to ask you about this movie. <laughs> so, I I think ultimately very confusing. Um, not, not totally unrewarding. Like I said, you know, I went, uh, I tried to get my wife to go. I, I told you, uh, Mike, that maybe my wife would be interested in going and seeing it with me. She ended up not feeling well that morning. So I, I went solo, which I don't often do, but can be kind of a neat experience seeing the movies by yourself. You, there's, you know, there's no distractions. Not that I would call my wife a distraction on a date, but you just, you just go see the movie. You're in, you're out, bada bing, bada boom. You can sit wherever you want. I sat a little bit closer than she likes to sit. Nice, uh, nice. I, I got the matinee, so it was seven bucks. I saw it at you know eleven o'clock on a Saturday morning. I think that's a kind of a nice way to go. So almost any movie at that time of day and that experience, I think, would be would be a decent time for yours truly. Um, I think on a letterbox scale, I I still feel like it's a two out of five. I guess is that how it works? Yeah, and I'd have to agree with you on that one. Um, I was really hoping that it would be a little bit better. I mean, my girlfriend is going to see it tonight, so maybe I'll hear her perspective if she enjoyed it. But uh, don't think, don't think that she will. But you're not just you're not. Have you put the bug in her ear yet, or are you just saying uh, you you go you you make yeah, it I'm what saying, you want to make it? Go about. see it with your friends, and I went to see it alone, so maybe she's gonna go see it with friends, and maybe it, it'd be better to see as a group too. Is what I'm, I'm interested thinking. to hear you say that the audience was laughing at those uh, at the at those laugh lines. Now, like I said, I saw it at the eleven o'clock. Was busting so. up at you and McGregor. At, wow. Yeah, at those a lot of uh, pops, a lot of uh, like the where they were meant to be, I guess. And I was just like, I don't know. I was like, maybe I need a group of friends to like be laughing with for this. But uh, wouldn't it be nice to have friends instead of uh, just movies? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> no, I'll stick with movies for now. <laughs> I do have to update two rankings. This is not the best or worst movie of the year, but it is definitely going at the top of one list. Um, Hottest hottie of 2020 is now Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, Oh, wow. Okay, that's big. Obvious choice, I know, but it's not just the character and the way she looks. It's how obsessed Margot Robbie is with wanting to play this character and producing this movie being a huge part of making sure it happens. Mm. Truly insane. She really wants to be this and make this character work. I feel for her. She probably is uh, maybe a little bit upset that it's not hitting the way they wanted it to. Yeah. Um, and also best rack of 2020 is Rosie Perez when they open up her shirt and she's in the bulletproof corset. She, you got to give it up for Rosie Perez. One of the OG hotties. Yeah. I mean, she kills in this. There is a scene where she's like, uh, where after she gets fired from the force and she's like an alcoholic and she's kind of like, she's, it looks like she's about to put her head in a burning trash can that's on her <laughs> drawer. And I don't yeah. know if it, that's like her considering suicide or what that was supposed to signify. But uh, yeah, that was a weird, there's a lot of little weird things in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of little weird ones. Yeah. 
Uh, but thank you, JF. It was great talking to you about this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed getting to uh, getting to see the movie and to lean into my inner Karen and say, you know, appearances be damned. It's time for a white guy to talk about a comic book movie. <laughs> so sometimes it feels good to just feed the beast like that. Well, you know, so many do it, and they don't they don't recognize themselves doing it. They don't have that introspection, and I think. People can tell that we do, and I think this is going to be one of the like highest-rated uh, commentaries of Birds of Prey ever. I think that's I think that's probably right. Um, I think it's shooting right up to the top of the list. I think people's favorite moment will probably be when I didn't know how Letterboxd worked. Yes, um, I yeah, think that'll yeah. be one for the ages that people will enjoy listening to that over and over again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to 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 talk to talk flicks. So yeah, anytime. Is there another? If there's another shitty movie that you want me to go see, I'll go see a shitty movie. Presumably, at some point, there'll be a good movie that you can watch and tell me about. So definitely, and I'll ask you, or if you see something, uh, feel free to let me know. Like if you see a trailer for something, you're like, I need to talk about this. Let me know. I'd love it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks, JF. Uh, thanks a lot, brother. Yeah. You too, my friend. Bye. Bye. Bye.